It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It wasn't pretty in Morgantown for BYU. In fact, it was downright ugly in many instances. BYU falls 37-7 to against the West Virginia Mountaineers. We're breaking it all down. The good, if there really was any, the bad, and also getting to your comments. It's all ahead on Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing well out there, all things considered. And a big thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day and also being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Postcast talking about BYU and their loss in West Virginia. 37-7 to was the final for BYU until well into the fourth quarter. In fact, it was BYU's final offensive drive of the game for them to get on the scoreboard and avoid being shut out by the Mountaineers. It is BYU's uh, second straight loss, and uh, uh, the positives, that's what we start off, is positives on today's show. The positive for me in this game for BYU was Jake Retzloff looked like a guy who was not completely lost out there at quarterback for BYU. There were question marks. Okay, this is his first career start for BYU. This is his first FBS action. This is his first Power 5 action he has seen in his playing career. How would he handle the moment? And I've got to say, I was quite impressed with the young man uh, can, uh, taking everything that went on around him in this loss, and it feels like he very much has the two Tools to be the quarterback of right now for BYU and on into the future with two years of eligibility remaining beyond this game. Now, uh, that does not sound like much positivity. I get that, but that's really all I've got for you guys in terms of the positive positive things to take away from this game. It was not pretty. It, it was downright ugly for the BYU football program. They have a ton of a ton of questions that need to be addressed. And frankly, I'm like most of you. I'm sick of Kalani Satake wanting to say, I need to look at the film and uh, we'll figure it out in-house. You know what? At some point, you need to have uh, some straightforward uh, answers on at least something. And maybe we'll get those, but I'm also not holding my breath that we're going to get them either. Now, let me also acknowledge this. There are people out there, and trust me, there are some prominent, I mean prominent uh, social media accounts out there that I saw that essentially called for Kalani Satake's job uh, after this loss. That's not going to happen. Let me be very upfront. Okay, I can't say it's not going to happen. I'd be stunned, floored, just downright, uh, just jaw uh, agape if he were to be let go after this season. I, I just don't see that happening. Do I expect some changes on this coaching staff? I'm going to do something right now that many of you who are longtime everydayers with us here on the podcast have heard me talk about, and I, I've refused to do it, and I've, I've, I've resisted, but something broke in this game for me, just from my perception against this West Virginia, against this West Virginia Mountaineers team. Daryl Funk and the offensive line have no answers. 
And Connor Pay's probably going to be mad at me, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a fairly, I don't know, tense conversation when I have him on the podcast next week uh, if he catches wind of this. But Daryl Funk needs to go. There needs to be changes on this offensive staff for BYU. I think Aaron Roderick uh, has bought himself some time as offensive coordinator. Now, you may think that I'm up in the night on that, but I, I'm going to I'm say A-Rod's a- going to skate on this. But I think that Daryl Funk uh, either re- resigns of his own volition or Kalani Sitake needs to tell him, go find another job. You got The offensive line has regressed. That's the, that's the thing about this. It was maybe their worst performance, uh, just uh, immediate uh, observation for me, coming off of this game for BYU along the offensive front. It looked completely out of sorts. I don't get how in you-know-what Caleb Etienne was back on that football field for the BYU football program. He was downright unplayable early this season, and you think, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to slot him inside the guard, and he's going to figure it out. He didn't figure... you. He didn't figure anything out. I'm 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 holding back from stringing along a litany of expletives. the The fact that they thought that he was their best option along that offensive line either is a an indictment of how bad the offensive line talent behind these offensive linemen who have started for BYU are, or b Daryl Funk apparently thinks that he only plays upperclassmen. I want to say it's more of b. Guys like Peter Falanico, Weston Jones, Jake Griffin, uh, um, Trevin Osler, etc. They are fairly high-level recruits that BYU has brought in in recent recruiting classes. Some of them have gone on missions, some of them have come home. Those are guys that want to play football, I would imagine, and have not been given the opportunity to do so. And you throw Caleb freaking ETN out there and watch him whiff time after time after time in this football game. It's indefensible. It is. It, it, it grinds my gears to watch an offensive lineman who has God-given talent and gifts, the length, the size, all that stuff that Kaylee BTN has, and apparently plays with feel, seemingly zero heart out there on the football field. I'm tearing into one guy, and I shouldn't do that because BYU is a team. There was a lot of heart lacking in that game against West Virginia. Jake Retzloff came to ball. Did his teammates show up to help him out to any significant degree? I didn't think so. There were moments. I thought guys like Chase Roberts had their moments. And uh, I'm also going to be frank. I don't think, see how Chase Roberts was cleared to go back into that football game. But alas, he was. Uh, Cody Epps uh, took a shot and was done for the game. It's unfortunate because uh, he has already dealt with numerous injuries already this season. Has been seen very sparse uh, playing time so far this year. The running game is downright atrocious. Another indictment on a guy like Daryl Funk. I also think it's, an, a, it's, a, it's a mark against a guy like Harvey Unga, sadly. Uh, Harvey's a Beloved figure at BYU, obviously from his playing days, and he's just been a, a loyal uh, BYU guy through and through. But there needs to be some overhaul on this offensive staff, and maybe I'm maybe I'm going to burn some bridges with certain people. But the 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 way BYU played in this football game, it was all lacking, especially on the offensive side of the football. We'll talk about the defense here in a minute. It just there was there was little to no heart in my per, my purview of what BYU did in this game, offensively in particular. Jake Retzloff was trying to do what he could. And you when you have a new starting quarterback playing in the first career game, you know what you need to help them out? You need to have running backs who are running hard, an offensive line who says nobody's going to touch our guy. And oh, by the way, your receivers, tight ends included, need to catch the darn football when the guy puts it on him and puts it right where they need to catch it. 
too much of that was not in this game, and that's that that's very sad to say. It was it was a game that BYU had zero answers for. Now on the defensive side of the football, BYU's previous coaching staff on the defensive side of the football did not like to recruit. I I'm not breaking any news to anybody who listens to this podcast. I I know it from firsthand experience. I also know it just from the reputation that those coaches had. Jay Hill is trying to pick up the pieces and make do with what he's got out there. But you cannot give up 300 rushing yards. You cannot give up 567 total yards. The metrics for BYU's defense this year are as bad as they were last year outside of one very key thing, and that is the turnovers that BYU has generated. BYU, once again tonight, lost the turnover margin and lost, once again, their fourth game that they have been equal or minus in the turnover margin for. BYU, when they have been plus in the turnover margin, they have won the five games that they have been plus in. That leads you to the 5-4 and four record. The defensive numbers, the yardage uh, output and that type of stuff, it's very similar to last year's defense, and that should not be all that surprising because there is a, there's a significant Significant, if not a majority, of the talent on this defensive side of the football right now in particular, they were the same guys BYU was relying on a year ago. There are some high-level guys that they brought in via the transfer portal, guys like Eddie Heckard, uh, Isaiah Banya, uh, A.J. Vongpachon, Jackson Cravens, etc., that were expected to come in and make an impact. And I feel like they actually have become some of the best, if not the best, defensive players that BYU has. But you got to have 11-plus guys, and I'm talking about 11 starters, you got to have the depth behind them to do that. Is Ben Bywater really worth that much to this BYU defense? Well, the last two seasons would indicate he is far and away BYU's most valuable defensive player, and he should have a defensive MVP award because with him being shelved due to injury, this BYU defense cannot stop uh, anybody from running on them. This is... It's not sustainable, and when BYU does not generate turnovers... This is the result of kind of what happens. I thought the TCU game was going to be the low point of the season for BYU. Man, was I wrong about that. Because just a couple of weeks later, a few weeks later, uh, they've hit even lower in terms of uh, what they're capable of sinking to this season. Could it go even deeper? Who knows? But BYU has got three more opportunities to notch a sixth win and get to bowl eligibility. But if they're going to perform the way they performed tonight against West Virginia, if they're going to put that same type of effort out there on the football field, uh, I'm not going to lie, folks. This was a team that was 5-2 and two at one point and very well could be 5-7 and seven come the end of the season. That is how bad this effort was in my, uh, in my initial reaction to having watched that game. It, it, it's not good enough. Across the board, it's not good enough. Even special teams, they've struggled. Now, they did have the kick return that was for, uh, was, a, was a touchdown. Keelan Marion ran it back for a touchdown. Holding call calls it back. It, nothing, nothing went right for BYU in this game. But a lot of that stuff is the quote-unquote controllable stuff that you'd hope that Kalani Satake and his guys would just get sick of and have a little, just a, a sliver of pride and say, you know what, we're going to go out there and give it our absolute all. This was not that night. Like I said, if it causes a reaction that is negative, positive, no matter what it is, this was not a good 
effort for BYU. And BYU is a team that is going to need to rely on effort at the Power 5 football level. They want to have success. They are never going to recruit at the level that Alabama, etc., are going to have unless they all of a sudden decide that they're going to go completely uh, all in on NIL and start just throwing cash at all kinds of guys. And even then, I'm not 100% convinced they would get to that level. You're going to have to rely on effort. You're going to have to rely on guys who have grit, that want to just get in there and do the dirty work. There are very few people in this football game on the wearing the blue and white of BYU in this game that wanted to do that work. West Virginia, the hammer. BYU, the nail. And man, was that a thorough, thorough beating administered in Morgantown to the BYU football program. It should serve as a wake-up call. We'll see if it does just that. All right, so... Uh, I'm going to kind of dispense uh, with uh, with uh, the other uh, takes until I rewatch the film. Maybe I'll have some more positivity for you guys once I rewatch it. I'm going to subject myself to rewatching that. I, I, I promised you guys I would do it every single game. I've done it for almost five years now, and I'm not going to stop now. So I'll have more for you guys on our Monday edition of the podcast. But uh, we're going to uh, let you guys have your say. We'll get some the social media reaction uh, coming up here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our good friends over at Perry Homes. Now, if you want to win in the housing game, Perry Homes has got the answer for you guys. Whether you're looking for your first home, you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, or literally anything in between or beyond, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points, all designed to meet your needs, my friends. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties, as well as multiple communities in St. George, around the general area in Washington County, around St. George, if you'd like to build there. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes. They even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to move right now. And they are offering generous financing incentives to their preferred lender as well. Visit PerryHomesUtah.com right now to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods, my friends. That's PerryHomesUtah.com, P-E-R-R-Y, PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. The UCCU mobile banking app has a new feature called Learn and Earn. It's an app that's paying your entire family to learn about money. We all want to be smarter when it comes to our finances and just overall with regards to how our money works and can work for us. They have broken down those financial topics into fun bite-sized educational games using quizzes and trivia to help you guys learn about all this. The best part is every time a family member completes a topic, you earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for all members of the family. You can have fun along the way. And the best part is it's all available inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere, and more importantly, the more you play, the more you learn, the more you learn, the more you earn. Simple as that. It's Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money, Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun with becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends over at UCCU, Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. Thank you for tuning in. All right, so some of you may be wondering, uh, when does basketball season start? Well, that starts on Monday. Uh, BYU officially opens the season against the Houston Christian uh, at the Marriott Center. And I am going to reward you hardy BYU fans. Uh, there's not a lot of you that are going to watch this podcast. I, I know that. Trust me. The, when BYU loses the way they lost this game to West Virginia, very few of you relative to what we typically get on a postcast edition of the show are going to listen to it. 
but I have a reward for you, the hardy BYU fans out there. I have a four-pack of tickets. Uh, we're talking the best seats. I, I've been giving away tickets all this past week leading up to this game against Houston Christian. This is the best uh, ticket uh, package I have. Uh, it, was, it was given to me by one of our loyal listeners, and uh, I, I got to thank them because they actually included a parking pass. With this, it's a four-pack of tickets. Now, if you want just the two tickets, I'll, I'll, I'll split them up and give two to somebody else. But if you want to enter to win, uh, send me an email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Uh, I want, uh, and uh, you know what? Just, screw it. Just send me an email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Let me know you're interested. We'll jumble them all up, assign a number, and toss in a random d- number generator, and I will contact uh, that person uh, by Sunday evening, if not Monday morning at the very latest, and get you guys the tickets. But uh, like I said, this the, these are the best tickets of the entire, I gave away, I think we've given away, Somewhere around the ten tickets so far, like pairs of tickets, uh, not two, five pair of tickets so far. This is a four pack of tickets, including a premium parking pass. It's actually a better parking than I have as a media member. Hey, there you go. Uh, so if you'd like to win that, locked on BYU at gmail.com. Indicate your interest, and uh, we'll we'll pick a winner and we'll we'll reward you guys for like I said for sticking around uh, through this postcast because. Uh, I come off. I've I just. I'm just kind of reacting in, in live time to my comments. Pretty negative Nancy type stuff, but I'm not sure there's many positives that any of you all have out there with regards to BYU. If you've got positives, please respond in the comments. Uh, uh, send us a note on social media. Email us. Let us know. But uh, yeah, if you want to win those tickets, locked on BYU at Gmail. Com. All right, uh, your guys' time to shine. Let's toss it up here. Uh, let's share the screen. Let you guys have your say on the podcast. I threw it up on social media. Postcast coming later tonight. Fire away with your takes, and we will use them on air. All right, Stephen, one of our good friends, M4GBit. I've never been a fan of tarmacking a coach, but I seriously don't think it would be too funky, wink, wink, uh, if our flight was one coach lighter. You know what? Uh, I can understand that. Daniel Haslam, forget about tonight. Focus on next Saturday in Iowa State. It really feels like Iowa State, if BYU wants to go bowling this season, they've got to beat the ISU Cyclones at home next week. Amber Roberts, and i got to say, Amber is as true blue and as loyal a BYU fan as there is. She says this, I never miss a game, but I went to a concert tonight, and I have zero regrets about it. And I think there's a bunch of you out there that probably are agreeing, or agreeing with her uh, on that. Uh, Greg Aduck at Greg Aduck says, uh, Retzloff is way better than Slovis. Slovis was a problem, just not the problem. So many problems with that offense. Love the speed of Jake's throws, something uh, Slovis just never had, and I like his mobility, and he still looked, like, still looked to throw when he got flush out of the pocket. On defense, tackling was awful. Why? It's a great question, Greg Aduck. Uh, the the uh, West Virginia running backs were men amongst boys out there, and they made life difficult for BYU's defense. I, I don't know why the tackling was poor, because BYU, the the one thing that I can say about Jay Hill is he has broken this defense down to the to the like the bare. They, they started from the ground up. This is how we tackle pro- properly. Did they revert back to old habits? Maybe so, but yeah, it was not. It was not uh, great. All right, let's roll scroll through. And uh, Casey Finlinson, this was rough to watch. In my in my opinion, quarterback is not the issue. Play calls, inefficient O line play, reared its ugly head tonight. It also showed the glaring lack of depth that BYU currently has. There's got to be a bigger emphasis on recruiting, getting talented guys in the three deep. Uh, those of you guys who do not subscribe to Give Him Help Brigham and what Jeff Hansen is doing, Jeff wrote an incredible piece for Give Him Help Brigham. It's his newsletter. Encourage you to subscribe to it. It's free. You don't have to join or pay to read that. He laid out the issue that BYU has in terms of the overall talent in the program. If you go by the star ratings from recruiting, 
it's not pretty for BYU right now. And it's going to take some time for them to build that up if they can build it up. And he laid it out as about as plain as can be. And I, I would encourage you guys to check that out if you have not read that already. Uh, let me be very clear. Give him help, Brigham, Jeff. They do not pay me. For my, solicit, for my opinion uh, to share that information with you guys, but Jeff broke it down. Let's just put it this way. the way I'll sum it up in this. BYU is playing a Power 5 uh, schedule with a G5 roster right now, and I don't think that's breaking news to anybody, but Jeff lays it out. The, the numbers bear it out. It, it, it's pretty striking, so I'd encourage you guys to check that out. Uh, Texas Coug, uh, TX Coug 2006. O-line looks poorly coached and lacking fire. No accountability for missed assignments. I think we have decent talent there, but it's being wasted. Need a coaching change there now. Uh, There is a glaring issue on the O-line. And I've already said it. I, 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 I am very reticent to call for coaches' jobs. I think I have a pretty good track record of that on this podcast. i got five years of doing this podcast daily, and I rarely, rarely advocate for changes uh, when it comes to coaches. Those are guys who are being paid. That's their livelihood. That's how they put bread on the table for their families, etc. There needs to be some shakeup on that o- offensive staff. And uh, Daryl Funk and that offensive line, we we were, I, I, was a, I was chief among them, crowing all offseason long. This is going to be the best offensive line we have seen in quite some time for BYU. And it has been anything but that. So uh, there you go. Uh, let's see, other questions. I'm just co- trying to scroll through. I don't read all your all your comments. I apologize for that. Uh, BYU 4 Trey, a playoff bogey. Neither line on offense or defense was good enough tonight. On defense, it's talent on offense. On defense, it's talent. On offense, don't think so. I don't think we can bring Funk back and expect a different result. I'm excited about Rhett's lost arm. That's a rocket. The wide receivers and tight ends need to make tough catches. I don't see anything wrong with anything that BYU 4 Trey uh, said there. Uh, the wide receivers and tight ends did fail Jake Retzloff in multiple instances in this game. He does have a strong arm. He was slinging that rock, and he was he was firing it to all levels of the field. And I, I, was, I was impressed overall with his play, considering... Some of the lack of just heart, once again, that was around him, it felt like. All right, um, let's see. Uh, Alex Long, just bad. The whole team played soft. The line looked lost tonight. Uh, agreed. It just looked off. Uh, Polska BYU. Cam says this. We need to make coaching changes ASAP. We get upset when players quit or give up, but we can't let Kalani to allow such co- poor coaching performance. Uh, I agree with that. There needs to be some accountability. And uh, there needs, and I guess in the media, we need to ask that question a little more heavily. What does the accountability look like uh, from Kalani Sitake's perspective? And I'm expecting I'll get a coach speak answer or just just a, essentially a non-answer answer, but that question does need to be asked. We'll do our best to ask that. Um, let's see. Uh, this proves, okay, so Sapporo Mochan says this. This proves that Moonshine and Paps Blue Ribbon are PEDs and Built Bars are the exact opposite. Well, Built Bar is no longer affiliated and doing much with BYU football uh, due to some, you know, other things that happened uh, this past offseason, but uh, it's good. Uh, it's a, kind of a funny point. PBR and Moonshine are PEDs, uh, making that uh, that insinuation that all uh, members of the West Virginia football program are imbibing. But nonetheless, I get where you're going. Uh, Sam, it's Sam Emery 89. It's hard to lose, but it's harder when you get blown up while shooting yourself in the foot. That's uh, it's, it's, it's uh, Agreed on that. It's tough because BYU had their struggles and they they, they they did not help themselves in so many circumstances. Um, let's see other ones. Cruising Coup. I wish we would have played with some sort of pride. Play hard. Knock down a pass. Do something. I just hope we can clean things up. Clearly Funk needs to not be back. Terrible showing on offensive line this whole year. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. 
There you go. Uh, Brian, your classes are good friends. Says BYU keeps coming out flat, not ready to play on the road. Just going through the motions, dot, dot, dot. This looks like a game that BYU is not up for. I, I agree with that. Um, uh, Wild Turkey Fart Blunt, our good friend Ryan, says this. Yawk, do you have any insight on how much of an emphasis the coaches are putting on loving and learning during the week? I know Kalani keeps saying they just need to love and learn and they'll figure it out, but is it possible they aren't loving and learning enough? It seems, and I think he continues, obviously, with another comment there, like, but... Uh, maybe they aren't loving and learning enough. Or simply put, I, we had somebody, and Ryan called into my post-game show on, on radio. Here's the thing. At some point, you, you, the love and learn's great and all, but you got to have some pride. you gotta have, you got to have a little gumption, a little fire in the belly, as they say. Get your piss hot. As former BYU wide receivers coach Guy Holiday once upon a time tweeted and got in trouble from the BYU administration about. Yet another thing the BYU administration can get pissy about besides their football program not being very good on the football field. But I digress. Uh, Big Uncle Pooh, just glad it's over. A-Rod takes too much blame for the current issues. Like I said, I, I think A-Rod, he's built up enough for, uh, of a positive influence in having back-to-back NFL quarterbacks that uh, you, you're going to fire him after just nine games, folks. I, I just don't see that happening. I just... Saying right now, I'm not going to see that. Uh, yeah, so I think a lot of these uh, comments are about the same. Uh, Zach, Z- Zach underscore Zilla BYU. Go back to the Ryan Van Wagen and uh, comment. I'm going to barf if I hear quote love and learn again. <laughs> oh, we're having fun. We're having fun, folks. Uh, this is good stuff. Uh, let's see, irrational BYU fan at P- uh, Paris underscore Preston. I don't buy the quote first year in P5 conference unquote excuse. We played enough Power Five teams and know what to expect tonight. Uh, BYU did not look prepared. Uh, they did not look. Uh, they didn't lose because they were bigger, stronger, and faster across the board. Uh, we speaking of BYU, I'm trying to clean it up here because he didn't play football for BYU. We does not go with this. I don't think, but uh, we rolled over and died. I have BYU on quit watch. Interesting. So. Yeah, eh, it's, it's it's not pretty, folks. Uh, Paul Nielsen, QB play is not the issue. There are problems at every level of this offense. Retzloff did make some mistakes. I agree, he did make some mistakes. But overall, he played well. We need better depth in all positions and coaches. That will take time. The defense was absolutely gassed. Uh, it's a, there's a point there to be said. Um, let's see, BYU for the W. BYU Insider says, what's there to say at this point? BYU has massive problems that are not going to get fixed without people losing their jobs. Uh, we, uh, speaking of BYU, they need new blood. This no longer works in any form or fashion. There is no, quote, maybe it'll get better. Time to move on. So, uh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, I have a hard time disagreeing with any of y'all tonight. Like I said, I guess I, I, I'm broken now, too, when it comes to this with BYU. But it, it just was... Simply put, it was not good enough from BYU from all aspects. Outside of really, Jake Retzloff had some intrigue just simply due to the fact it was his first career start and he looked like he belonged out there. That's that's the one positive I have in terms of my overall initial reaction to this game. Like I said, I am going to subject myself. I'm going to rewatch this entire game. I'm going to write down my notes. and We'll be back with you guys on Monday coming up tomorrow. Uh, I'm putting this out on Sunday evening. Sunday morning, excuse me, very early Sunday morning when I finally got it recorded. But uh, I'll be back with you guys tomorrow, and I will have my notes for you guys. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for bearing with us. And, yeah, uh, BYU's 5-4. and four. They're 2-4 in conference. They're 0-4 in the conference on the road, and they come back home needing a win in a very bad way. Can they get that next week against Iowa State? Well, we'll spend all next week talking about that. And uh, by the way, I'll just say this right now for those of you who got mad at me. Stop going with your gut gut, uh, gut feelings, Jake. I'm done. I, I need to retire going with my gut because my gut has been wrong way too much. 
this year. All right, so there you go. That's it. Uh, thank you for making uh, Locked On Cougars uh, your first listen of the day. As always, thank you to all of you who are everydayers as well. Hope you guys have a fantastic Sabbath, a Sunday for those of you out there uh, doing whatever you're going to do uh, to get away from BYU football. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to rewatch this game, and we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow talking about whatever I take away after a rewatch of this game. We'll have it all for you guys on tomorrow's edition. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, at this point, tomorrow's edition of Locked On Cougars. Until then, thanks for tuning in. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.